to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Well, hello everybody and welcome or welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. My name is Tim Alford. I am your host for this conversation and a fascinating and helpful practical conversation it is with Emma Bacon and Joe Morris. But more on that in just a few moments time because before we get there i got to tell you about Limitless Festival. Ah, it's so close now. It's just around the corner. And I'm so excited to get back in the room with thousands of young people to worship Jesus together. Uh, so many of you have already booked in and, and we're so excited about that. But tickets are still available and still uh, on sale. Uh, and we would love to have you with us from the 6th to the 10th of August at Stafford showground just check out limitlessfestival.co.uk you can uh, find out all the details there see who our speakers are our youth venue don't forget we've got a young adults venue as well and if i could just put a little word out there before we jump into the podcast um if you have got some folks in your local church who you think could volunteer for the team at limitless festival well let me tell you we would be very, very grateful for that. A a huge event like Limitless Festival takes a massive team of about 500 volunteers uh, to make it work. And uh, hundreds have already signed up. And if that's you, we are so grateful to you. But if you could put a word out there, maybe you could volunteer yourself, folks in your church, young adults in your church, doesn't have to be a young adult. And as long as you're over the age of 16, uh, we would love to have you on team with us. So uh, once again, limitlessfestival.co.uk is the place for that. Can't wait. It's going to be amazing just to be together and to experience all that God will do uh, amongst us as we gather. Uh, Buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. It's so close now. Anyway, uh, this podcast isn't about Limitless Festival. This uh, is the fourth part in our Your Questions Answered series. We asked you, hey, what are the things that you want us to talk about on the Limitless Leadership Podcast? And you came up with some brilliant themes. So, so far uh, in this series, uh, we've had Aaron Nyagam talking about how to help young people uh, when they're going to university. We've had Ryan Holmes talking about how to turn up the spiritual temperature uh, in your youth ministry. And we've had Mark Arnold talking about working uh, with young people with disabilities. And so if you haven't caught those episodes yet, uh, let me encourage you to scroll back on this podcast feed, download those episodes, some really helpful stuff. But One of the questions that you asked us that we will try to answer as best we can today is how do we help children transition into the youth group? So we're thinking about those year six kids who are coming out of primary school and into secondary school. And traditionally in most churches, that is when they would move from the children's ministry into the youth ministry as well. So how do we help them with that transition? How do we help them to thrive as they go through it as well? And to help us think about that, I have ladies and gentlemen not just one but two highly esteemed guests on the limitless leadership podcast today emma bacon and joe morris welcome to the limitless leadership podcast hi hello good to be here (laughs) so emma and joe are the children's worker and youth worker at uh, elim coventry uh respectively and um, I've just seen them do a, a really good job of this. And uh, not that, uh, what I've seen you guys do so well is not operate in silos. 
um, where the children's ministry is totally detached from the youth ministry, but to really work together well. And, and actually, you brought a teaching on this, um, which was really well received at our leadership gathering back uh, in January 2022, uh, Limitless Leaders. Um, and I thought, wow, you know, people have asked to, to have this conversation on the podcast. So who better, who better to uh, come and speak about it at you guys? But um, let's just do a little bit by way of introduction to yourself. So Emma, uh, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your role in, in the church locally and, and how it was that you ended up uh, in, in children's ministry and where you are now. Yeah. Hi, hello, everybody. So I have been uh, the children's worker at Elim Coventry for five, just over five years now, coming up to six years. Um, so I started off volunteering um, as a kids worker um, and then I did a year out as an intern in kids work. Um, which led me to the full-time position. But um, I'm not originally from Coventry. Um, I'm an Essex girl. I'm originally from Essex. Um, and I moved here to study at Nexus um, Music College. So I did two years there. Um, and during my time there was when I started getting plugged into the kids' work. And um, that kind of led me to where I am now. So I think God kind of, he knew where he wanted me um, when he moved me to Coventry. So yeah, so that's um, a little bit about how I ended up kids worker here at Coventry. Fantastic. And not not only are you a, a superb children's worker at Coventry Elim Church, but you're also part of our Limitless Kids team as well. Yes, I am. So I have the absolute honour um, to, to support kids workers um, in the Midlands area um, and yeah, just in their kids work and um, offer some support and guidance and also yeah, get involved with the Limitless Kids stuff nationally as well. So yeah. Yeah, so good. So good. And Joe, uh, same question to you, my friend. Yeah, so I've I've been um, the youth worker here at Coventry for I guess two and a half years now. Um, so I, when I started the job, I actually I'd never even volunteered at a youth group, let alone <laughs> uh, even thought about working with with young people. Um, so it was it was kind of a shock. I was approached and asked to be uh, the youth worker. I, I was part of the church already, and I guess it was if you hang around long enough like they'll give you a job to do that kind of thing <laughs> it, it just felt like it, it felt like such the right fit for me when I was asked to do it it was a bit out of the blue but then uh, yeah. thinking about it um uh, it just felt like the right thing and I absolutely love it and I can't really imagine doing anything else so um yeah I love working with young people it's like my third year of doing it and it just feels like a perfect fit so good. And you're doing a great job, Joe, if I may say so. Um, wonderful. Well, as I alluded to in the introduction, um, you guys, you don't operate in silos. You, you work together really well. Um, and obviously with the nature of this conversation on the podcast, how we help uh, children transition from the children's ministry into the youth ministry, we are by its very nature talking primarily about those young people who are children of families who attend our church mm -hmm. because you know by very nature that those are the kids that are are, are in our children's ministries um and, and so you work together really closely on on aiding that transition and, and helping it to be a smooth one why 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 do you work together on that why do you put a focus on it why is this important for you guys Shall I come in, Ems? Or do yeah, you want to I should probably put the questions to one of you, shouldn't I? Go on, Joe, you start first, so, and yeah. then we'll go to that. <laughs> so, so transitions are, are really important 
parts of life just for everyone and and when i was preparing this teaching for for when we gave it at the the leadership conference i i was looking at some key transitional moments and and i looked at when like a stat around 18 year olds and and up to 66% of them are leaving church when they turn 18. Mm. And I know, I know that's not, they're not kids to youth. That's kind of youth to adulthood, but, um, but that would traditionally be a time when they leave youth and I kind of either, either move away or there's no real program for them at church. And so we know that like transition points are really key to, to yeah. kind of, to kind of retain people and, and keep them, keep them with us and, and someone's explained it like, like this to me before that if you imagine a journey of faith like a train journey you've got a destination in mind somewhere that you want to get to um on a young person's journey there are a few stops where it'd be easy for them to get off to kind yeah. of disembark from the journey to say like i've gone as far as i want to go with this or to say for example all my friends have have got off why should i be the only one left here like what like am i still in it basically and part of our role is to help young people stay on that journey we're called to be shepherds and to guide them in, in that um to take them where jesus is leading them so um i mentioned the stat about 18 year olds leaving church because i think if we can get this right when they're 10 years old to to 11 to, to older if they can find a place where they belong in church when when they're a child and they learn the importance of community when when they're in youth i don't think when they move away from home they would i don't think they'll settle for anything less they'll they'll think I've had this really important church community and and when I look, when I go away to uni I'm going to seek that out because I know how how beneficial that's been for me and I as I think about the 3 years that I've done this I know for a fact that the the young people that have been really plugged in at youth and have felt really part of the fabric here they've been the ones more likely to seek out a church community when they've gone yeah. to youth because because it was so valuable and such a big part of their life when they moved away, it's one of the first things they looked out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so we're not just treating this as a little, a little thing. We, we, we see this as a massive opportunity to get people plugged in. And, and one of the verses that we often talk about is in Psalm 68, it says that God places the lonely in families. Mm. And this is all about family. It's got nothing to do with retaining numbers just to keep up appearances and to, to have Good. a big youth group. It's not about that. It's about, it's about family and and we're just trying to make sure that they can find a place where they feel like they belong and that's that's kind of why yeah the importance on this so it's, and it's a really good observation about that you know all those young people who exit the journey of faith and primarily that's the important thing that we're concerned about they exit the journey of faith when they go to university and you know obviously i will point people a few episodes back to the conversation yeah. we had with Aaron Nyagam uh, from Fusion about that. But your point is a really valid one because often when we think of that problem, we zero in on, and we did zero in on in that conversation, what we do in those moments of transition um, mm. when they're going from our youth group and they're moving to a new city or town and they're going to university. But I love the point you've made there that actually it's <laughs> so much of it is actually about what we do before that what we do in the build up to that. And, and even in this, you know, even many years before that, in this transition from, uh, from kids to youth and, and, and Emma, how about you from a, from a children's worker perspective, you know, do you, do you ever like, you know, you've invested like your life and the team that you have invested their lives in, in these kids over a number of years. 
do you then begin to feel worried or concerned at all as they're leaving? And it's like, you know, this isn't a reflection on Joe, but just that transition, yeah. that the nature of that transition, everything is changing, right? The yeah. school is, their school is, is changing. And at the same time, very often they're, they're, they're going from um, uh, kids ministry to youth ministry as well. Is that like, do you, is that one of the reasons why it's important to you? Because you acknowledge, oh man, there's a, there is a potential exit point on, on the train line here. Yeah, and, and I was going to um, link on to that, actually, what Joe was saying about the train. I, I think that um, journey is really important. And um, I think sometimes it can be really easy for people to think that a child's journey starts when they get to youth. But mm. the journey doesn't start, it continues. Um, yeah. And a lot of kids workers I know who are listening to this will know, um, like the investment that they pour into the children. I know for me, uh, uh, personally, like I see like the giftings and um, those things that God has placed in each of our children. Um, and the beautiful thing for me when they transition is being able to see them be nurtured by Joe and the team to see them grow as they go to youth. Um, and I think there has been times in the past where um, our children have gone up and, and then like we've just not seen them um, because at that time we, we maybe hadn't put into place a good transition or emphasize the importance of transition in, in what we do. And but as soon as we changed our mindset and our perspective to the importance, we began to see the children stay. We began to see them getting yeah. those giftings that we'd worked on uh, in kids work. Like they were nurtured and developed as they went to to youth work. So yeah. I, you're definitely right, Tim. Like there is a part of me that is like, oh, these are like my babies, and like, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, like, um, I yeah, it's important for me to see them continue to grow. But um, Joe and his team do like an absolutely amazing job at like uh, modeling that, uh, modeling that importance of transition and and pouring everything into them, and and yeah, just making sure that the journey doesn't begin but the journey continues um in youth work so i think that's why it's important like it's important to remember they already have a faith like they already have to started to develop a faith they know who jesus is they they've learned some of the bible stories and that that's not just um beginning it's continuing so yeah 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 good stuff so come on then let's let's try and get really practical with this thing uh, what are some of the keys uh, to a good transition what are some of the things that you've learned that you've implemented that have helped uh, that child as they continue that journey in, into youth um so i think um for us before they go up um the importance of preparation and communication has always been like really key to us um preparing the child the children for what they're going to be going into, not just like making it like uh, a new environment complete. Because obviously, like you say, they're going to secondary school, which is completely different to primary school. And um, we have like a responsibility, I think, to try and make it as smooth and consistent as possible for them as they transition in youth. Um, so we prepare them, we tell them what they're going to be doing. We introduce them to Joe and the team. They have like transition uh, days uh, before they go up. Um, we also, as kids workers, give them like devotion booklets um, and those devotion booklets um, basically gives them some questions, devotional questions for them to work through on change, on transition in themselves so they can prepare themselves physically and spiritually uh, for the move. Um, we also do 
uh, like a leavers party uh, for them, um, which is always great fun, especially during lockdown when <laughs> we were all on the screen during lockdown. <laughs> um, and Joe comes along to that um, when he's able to. And um, we just celebrate. We celebrate what God has done um, in them. We share memories of what um, what they remember from kids' work. And some of those memories are very interesting. When you ask a child what they remember from kids' work, it's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's good fun. And then we kind of pray them over to youth. Um, so we do this physical transition where um, they, it's the last time we did it, they come on the stage one side. Um, we uh, give them like a devotion booklet and a prophecy from us. Um, as oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So we, we, we kind of pray for them and uh, give them a prophecy of what we feel God is saying as they, they change into youth. Um, and then we give them like a graduation hat um, and they walk down the other side and we kind of say that's a physical transition. So they're stepping out of one season, stepping it into a new season um, and yeah, pray them into that. Um, so prayer, I think is also like really, really important. I, I like that idea because obviously what we know about young uh, children uh, particularly uh, is that the the parts of the brain which enable them to think abstract thoughts aren't developed yet and so you know conceptual thinking around oh i'm making this transition from from this to this is is um it's quite hard for them to anchor and so for actually something that is very physical and tangible that they can experience like even a walkthrough in that sense just yeah. helping them to, to feel like oh yeah there, there's a there's a change happening that I'm barking on here. That's really cool. Joe, could you tell me a little bit more about those transition days that you do when, um, cause obviously that's, that's what, um, kids will do as well, isn't it? When they're coming from, uh, primary school into secondary school, they'll go in for a day or two into yeah. that secondary school and they'll get used to it. So I guess it's the s similar kind of concept. What do those yeah. days look like? So, so we usually, we invite the, the year sixes that are coming up to youth for like the last day of term. I guess just before the summer holidays and and the week before that I'll I'll sit down with our current year sevens and I'll say hey remember how you guys felt when you when you came here remember all the worries that you had remember what it was like to walk into a new room with new leaders uh, in a different different space and and just just remember that and and think about the fact that, the, that there's some guys coming in that are going to feel worried they're going to be stressed and and i just want you to remember the journey you've been on to where you were yeah. and where you are now and you've got the opportunity now to 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 bring other people into that so so even before the transition day I, i'm preparing our youth to welcome the new kids and to right to kind of honor them and bring them into that and then and then yeah so on the last well, just day, to pause um, there joe sorry, sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt but I, I don't want to miss that moment before you get yeah. into what happens when they do it yeah the key thing that i I think is a real takeaway there that I wouldn't want people listening to mix is that it's not just a case of preparing the team to aid that transition well, mm. or even preparing the children who are coming up into youth to do this as well. What you've said there, I think is really good is that you're, you're, you're even working with the other young people yeah. and you're saying, Hey, let's do this together. You've already, you've already used the language of family, but Hey, you know, yeah. let's be family here. And we've got a bunch of new people kind of, you know, coming into this, this part of our family and yeah. let's let's together make sure they feel really welcome and, and i think that's just something we can easily miss we think about how are the team yeah. going to do it we think about how are the kids going to feel but actually how do we help prepare the young people who are already part of the youth ministry mm. 
to aid in that transition as well. Really good. But keep going, yeah. Joe. Keep going. So, so yeah, on, on the day that they come, we'll, it's really chill. It's more of a social. We'll, we'll just we'll chat to them. We'll get the leaders up the front and, and the new kind of the kids that are coming up to youth can just ask any questions. And, and it's, it's really fun. They just get to know us and we get to know them. And um, we kind of just we make it clear that we're, we're there for them, that we're, we're here to shepherd them and, and to, to bring them in, into the family. So, um, so on that day, we'll, we'll get them to kind of think about the things that they're, they're maybe worried about, about stepping up and we'll get them to think about the things that they're excited. We'll get them to set some goals. Like what, what do you want to really practical? Like, what do you want to achieve? Like with your faith journey, like do you, do you want this year to be like the first year you pray out loud in a group? Do you want this year to be the first year that you, you join in like singing a worship song, really practical stuff like that, because very good, because that's really simple to do. It, it, it's, it's like, it's nerve wracking, but it's, it's quite a, it's quite a simple marker to say, Oh, I really actually, I didn't do that. And because I was nervous about that, but then I remember when I came up to youth and, and I was made to set a goal and I, and I did it and it wasn't that hard. So maybe I can, maybe there's more that I can grow in and we just get them to set those goals yeah. and we pray for them and, um, and it's always a beautiful moment just to do that as, as a family with, with, with the older youth kind of welcoming, um, the young ones in and, uh, yeah, it's just love it. And it's really simple. And then, um, then when they join us in, in September, it's not a new place and they, they know us and they recognize the building and, and stuff like that. So, um, so when they come up from, from year six to year seven, one, one of the things that, that we've done is, um, when I started as the youth worker, we had one big youth group, right, from year year seven to year eleven, uh, to year thirteen, sorry. And what we found was that the kids kids that were coming up were just getting a bit lost. Um, if there are 50, 60 people in the room, it's it's almost impossible to make that first connection. So, um, one of the first things I did was I I, um, I kind of split the age groups and I made it like two different groups. So year year seven and eights now meet together on on one night of the week and then year nine's up from the other night of the week. And yeah. I was really intentional to make sure that that year seven and eight group is it's at exactly the same time as Emma's year five and six group in the midweek. Yeah. It's in the same. Very board. good. So, so even practically for the parents, when, when their kids move up from, from kids to youth, they don't have to worry about, are they going to be able to make a, a Tuesday at five o'clock? Because that's what they've been doing all the time. So they know that they can make, they, they can make those times and dates. They know they can stay in that routine because that's really important for them. They know where they're coming, like the times and, and that kind of thing. And actually, when they come, they see Emma because because kids kids groups on at the same time, Very so good. they're they're all kind of seeing their friends in the car park and things like that. And and it's just it's really helped for them to know it's the same time, it's the same place. It's going to be a different room and a few different faces, but as much as possible, it's going to be pretty much like what we were doing before. Yeah. So you're trying to keep an element of familiarity yeah. there even exactly. though there's a big change going on. Yeah. And, you know, obviously what, what, what you said there, I think is, is, is really helpful. Uh, and, you know, in the context of a, of, of a large city church with a big youth group, you're able to do that split the age groups. And I've done youth ministry, um, both with kind of, uh, the whole kind of secondary school age group together as one group. And I've done it as a, a 11 to 14s and 15 to 18s yeah. separately. I've done both of those and there are pros and cons, I think either sure. way, I guess for those who are maybe in smaller settings and aren't able to do two mm -hmm. separate youth groups, I mean, there is just a huge gulf 
between yeah. an 11 year old and an 18 year old we know that yeah. but i guess that you know coming back to something you said earlier in that context i appreciate it's not your context but there is there there is a a, a way there or, or an opportunity there to envision those year 10 11 12 13s to see themselves as disciple makers isn't there and to actually exactly. be involved in in being older uh, uh, spiritual brothers and spiritual yep. sisters older brothers sisters to those you know children who are coming through now now in youth and and yeah and not to kind of silo themselves away in their yep. own little age group yeah kind of you know clique but actually hey guys you know see yourselves as the team here see mm. yourself as an older brother see you know how can you and there's a way to kind of yeah. involve them in that transition and to help them to take the responsibility for the spiritual journey of, of someone else like, in that context as well isn't there yeah and 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 the reason that we that we kind of split the age groups it was only because of the size of the group it, it yeah. wasn't that we didn't want young and old mixing because like you said that's got so many benefits and so if if you don't have a massive room full of people you don't really need to to split the age groups they'll you can always kind of get you can split them up on the night if there's some sort of discussion that you need to do but you don't you don't need to do that unless unless it's literally for practical reasons like there are too many people in this room and and that kind of thing and like you said if 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 maybe you're running a smaller youth group and you've got maybe 15 people in the room 15 young people it's a really good opportunity for for like a 16 year old to, to see an 11 year old come in and, and think, I remember what that was like. And, and, and just to take a little bit of ownership. I think when you give a young person ownership, they really, they respect that and they, they understand, okay, mm. I, I could, I could grow here and I could, could really help out here. And it's really important for the younger ones to have those people to look up to as well. Yeah. Really good. Emma, anything that you want to add in there, you know, from a kid's worker perspective, uh, we will have listeners as well who are, youth and children's workers and actually increasingly i'm seeing a lot more of that recently i'm seeing a lot of job adverts go out which is youth and kids now that is a huge huge job (laughs) but i guess one of the areas where there is an advantage for that is this because the relationships are already established there but from a kids workers perspective anything else any any things anything else you want to add in about how to prepare those children for, for, for moving up to, to youth and uh, and if it's okay i'd love for you just to speak a little bit more you touched on it but a little bit more about um how you give all those children a prophetic word as they go i think that's a really cool thing i'd love to hear a little bit more about that too yeah so um i think joe like every i echo everything joe said i think um that consistency has been a real thing for us that we've learned is important. Um, like we've already said that the change from, uh, they already have like such a massive change going from primary to secondary school and, um, keeping things as consistent as possible, will help them to not feel as anxious, not feel as worried step yeah. into the environment, because like we've said, it's family. Um, and, we're, we're all family, whether they're in kids or whether they're in youth. And Joe um, always like makes sure he comes down and says hi to our kids, whether they're in year one, two, three, four, five or six. Like he'll come and say hi, he'll come and get to know them, uh, even like a young age, because Joe's part of the kids family as well as I'm a part of the youth family. Um, and um, we often like echo what we do in kids work into youth work. Um, so 
our yes, we were just saying this a minute ago, is that our our year five and six group is not much different to the year seven and eight group in what we do in okay. terms structure of the session in terms of the content um, is quite similar and um, it's just taking it up a level. So for example, we do journals with our year five and six children. Um, they, every child has a journal and each session we're teaching them to note take, to journal, to track what God is saying. Um, so they'll come in, they'll pick up their journal, they'll um, they'll learn to take notes and they'll write down um, during quiet time because we have some space for them to listen to God. Um, and Joe also does journals um, with his year seven and eights, but what he does to make that transition different is we keep our journals at church um, and we look after them. But once they go to youth, Joe gives them a journal and he says, right now, this is your responsibility to bring. Yeah, okay, good. He gives them a sense of ownership. Um, so he's taking what we do in kids work and he's echoing that in youth, but giving them new responsibilities with that. And I think that works really well because they've got something that's familiar to them, um, but they're also being given new responsibilities um, as they get older. Um, so I think keeping things as consistent as possible has definitely worked for us. Um, yeah. In terms of what you were saying about the prophecies, um, I think um, we have a real emphasis that um, children can hear the the Holy Spirit as much as adults can, yeah. and, and they can access all of the gifts like prophecy, worship, um, prayer, um, healing. Like they can access all of these gifts. Um, whether they are one, two, three, or whether they are 11, 12, 13 older. Amen. And um, and we want to give every opportunity for the children to step into this, to learn those gifts, to figure out what it is that God is calling them to. Um, and so as well as us modeling prophecy to them by giving them words, we give them opportunity to, um, to prophesy over each other. Um, so what we so they they're very aware of prophecy by the time they get they get to youth um so we say to them this is a prophetic word this is what we feel god is speaking over your life in this season as you move to youth and and we do that as a team i get my year five and six team to to pray over the children individually um over their names over their character over who they are um and then we just write them a little uh note of what we feel god is saying and give it to them and that's something that they can keep on that transition hopefully a word that will speak to them and help them as they as they move to youth so um so yeah so that's what we do in terms of the the prophecies so good so many so many good ideas here i hope i hope everyone listening has got a, a notepad close by because uh, there's lots of really helpful kind of practical uh, takeaways in there and, and things that can be imp implemented and hey you know one thing that's just come into mind and that i've seen happen to kind of aid this transition i know this isn't something that you guys do but i've seen others do it is that they'll actually um do that transition in a different year so either in year six or year eight rather than um, from year six to year seven, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll start youth in year six or they'll start youth in year eight. Yeah. And I like, it's no right or wrong, but I just think it's important to remember that it's not written in the Bible yeah. that you have to have kids <laughs> up to year up, up to year seven and then youth starting from uh, year seven thereafter and so i know that some churches have decided to do that some leaders have decided to do that just because obviously the school transition is happening at that point and so there's already a lot of upheaval so maybe we do it a year earlier or we do it a year later so mm -hmm. it doesn't all happen at the same time again it's not a right or wrong thing 
but it is an option that's available to us isn't it as we think about how how we do this transition stuff I would also say on that that like um every church is different like so you've already said that some churches are bigger and some churches are smaller um and I think it's really important to just remember that like know your children like you know your children you know what they need you know their their backgrounds and their the context of their house situations and their family mm. situations so it's just do what is right by them like what we do here at Elam Coventry works for us and we're still learning like any ideas where we're still implementing and trying each year but what we do here might not work in your church context so it's like um what what do your children need um like like what are they struggling with what areas are they they scared about listen to them ask them what are you worried about in your in the move up how can we help you what can we do mm. um i know i've done that with my year sixes like what is it that we can help you how can we help you like we like i just i just want to listen to them give them yeah. give them opportunity because we can focus on one area and think yeah this is what they need but actually just because we think we may need it they don't necessarily do so it's like listening to the kids in whatever context that is very good very good what, what's obvious to me from everything that you've said you've spoken about um how the uh, year five and six group is very similar to the year seven and eight group you've spoken about the journals and how you do the the kind of journaling thing in, in, in both of those groups you've spoken about how you've intentionally hosted the year seven and eight group on the same night as the o- older kids group what's obvious in all of this is that you are working together to aid this transition could you just speak joe i'll come to you first could you could you speak a little more into that like how how can kids and youth workers assuming you're not the same person how can kids and youth workers work together to to aid this transition a little better yeah really 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 great question because that that's been some some of the most helpful times i've had i've been just like just sat with emma just for for an hour or so just talking about things that i'm I'm worried about or things that I, I just are not seeming to click. And then she's able to shed a bit of light on that. So what's really important for, for me is that I hear Emma's heart for her kids before, the, before they become like my youth. So, um, because I, I think Emma's oldest kids are going to be my youngest youth. So they're going to be her most mature kids and they're going to be in theory, my least mature youth. So, so I need to understand that that Emma sees so much gold in them because if I just see them coming up and, and they're, they're still really young and they're, they're, they're just wanting to play a load of games and they're like, I, I need to remember that they're, they're still 11 years old, but what Emma's seen in them is six years or seven years of growth. She can tell me stuff like, Oh, this, this young boy's got a gift of prophecy and maybe you can start to draw that out of him when I might not have seen that in him because like, like I said, they're, they're her most mature kids and they'll be my least mature youth so so it's hard for me sometimes to see the things that emma sees in them because because they're still so young so for for her to share her heart with me it's really important and also to share stuff like home situations so there might be a child with particularly difficult behavior and i i might just i i don't know i might not understand what's going on but if emma can share with me like oh that that boy, he like he he lives with just his mum and he's got like four younger brothers. Then I can understand actually that's why he's acting like that and he needs some special attention. He doesn't need to be told off and sent out. He needs some attention. And 
And I've made that example up, but there will be different examples of how each child is coming from a different home and each child is coming from a different place. And it's really important that I know Emma's heart for them so that so that I don't miss out on something because they might have a gift that that I might not notice for three or four years. Like if someone has a gift of prophecy it's very good. or gift of healing and and I don't give them a chance to use that gift until they're mm. in year 10, then I've wasted seven years of Emma's hard work cultivating that gift in their life. And and Emma shared recently with me about a young boy who who in his journal, he's he's always writing prayers for everyone else. He's never been asked to do it, but he's writing prayers and he's speaking life and speaking words over other people in the group. I, I didn't know that because I don't read their journals. I think Emma maybe reads the kids' journals. I don't read the youth's journals. They're, they're their journals to read. So it's so helpful for me to know that about that particular boy so that I can nurture that in him and not just miss out on it and, and miss it and not, not have the time to cultivate that. So this is so good because um, what you're showing me is that this, this transition is not just practical, it's personal. Mm-hmm. And sure. so, you, yes, you're thinking about we're going to host it on the same night. And yes, you're thinking about we're going to try and keep familiarity. And yes, you're mm. you know in the program. And yes, you're thinking about, well, they journal here, so we'll journal. The practical side of things. But mm. the, the, the working together is also about, you know, this young person, they've got this going on in their life. And yeah. this young person, they've got this gift of God over their life. And I'm thinking about, you know, when a young person comes into the youth group and that's their first connection with the church, well, you're starting from zero there, aren't you? You're, yeah. you're getting to know them. You're building relationship. You're beginning to discover, you know, their joys and their trials, and you're learning about their past and their family situation, and you're kind mm. of, you know, digging for gold and seeing what's that mm. gift of God in their life. That process takes years. Yeah. And, and what you're doing by just just by the very fact that you're working together well as a kids and youth worker, you are saving yourself years of yeah. youth ministry. <laughs> Yeah. And, and giving so yourself true. a real head start with those yeah. young people. It's just, yeah, so good. So, so helpful. Yeah. Emma, anything from your perspective to, to add into that about how you work, how, you know, kids and youth workers can work together well? Um, I think like Joe said it really well there, to be fair. Um, I think um, like adding on to that, um, Joe knows that he can come and speak to me at any point, whether they're mm. now in year eight or whether they're, they're like towards the end of year seven. Like it's not just before they move up and during they move up. Um, it's like while they're up um, because yeah. there, I know Joe, there has been some things that's come up in terms of behavior or maybe the way that they react to a certain situation um, where Joe's just come and said to me, did they used to do this? Did they used to do this in kids? Like, is, is there something that you did that helped with that? Mm-hmm. And um, I've been able to kind of say, actually, yeah, there were moments when they did this and we tried this technique or this strategy or speaking into them in this way. Um, and that's kind of allowed again, Joe to, um, think in a different way to respond to them um, in that. So it's like um, there are certain children who um, respond better to certain ways of teaching. There are certain children who respond uh, different ways to relationship or social situations. And um, the communication between myself and Joe has allowed that to be shared. Um, but also for me as a kids worker, being able to, Joe lets me know how they're doing. Like he communicates to me saying, oh, like such and such did this today, or mm. um, they prayed out loud for the first time, or they they worshiped or they led worship. And those sort of things are really like comforting to me to continue to be a part of their journey and to yeah. 
journey. Mm. So like having invested so many years into their life for Joe then to say, uh, to share with me the rest of their journey, it's like really comforting to me and, and, and like makes me feel like I'm on that journey with them as well. So, so yeah, so that's, yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. what you said, Tim, that it's, it's practical, but it's also personal. Like we, we're not a business that just offers a model and like, this is what we do. And if, if you can't make it, then sorry. And if, if you don't like it, then sorry, it has to be, it almost has to be personally, like our ministries have to be personally tailored to, to each person that's a part of them. We can't just treat one family like we would another when they're, they've come from totally different backgrounds. So it has to be personal. We have to know, like, like Jesus, Jesus talks about being the good shepherd and he knows us by our name. We, we have to know them by their mm-hmm. name, but one of, one of the things I've told my team is I want, I want all the people, the young people to be known by name and to be known by their story as well, because that's so important. And, and I don't have to guess, Very I can good. ask Emma, I don't have to guess why a kid's behaving in a certain way. I just ask. Um, and, it, and Emma's always able to explain. So. Yeah. So good. So, so what you're saying is that Emma's sowing and you're reaping. Is that is that what you're saying, AJ? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just do all the easy work. Emma, Emma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, look, this is this is such helpful stuff. Really, really good. But I can't help but think there's one key element that we haven't touched on yet, and that is the families, the parents sure. uh, of these kids. Like, it, is that? You know, do do you engage with the parents as part of this kind of transition process? And if you do, how and what what are the key kind of conversations that you have, or the key ways that you involve the parents in this whole process? Yeah, that that's really important for us because um, I've found that the the young people that that flourish the most, if I can put it that way, are are the ones who who are maybe coming an hour early to help set up, or the ones who are who are serving on worship or, or serving in different ways. And, and they just don't come unless their parents bring them sometimes. So you, sometimes you, if, if you're wanting to invest in, in, a, in a young person and, and maybe film, you, you're filming a video or you're getting them to, to lead something, the, the ones that flourish the most are the ones that, that kind of step up in that way, I've found. And, and those are usually the ones with whom I've got the best relationship with their parents. So I can say, um, we'd love to get your your young person your child involved in this like can you can you organize a lift can you can you like let it, is this say is this possible and if i don't know their parents that, that just doesn't really happen so that's really important for us and one of the ways in which we do that is just host a little parents evening like um the first first term of the new school year that's cool so um just get them to come and and <laughs> and and parents love to hear you talk about how awesome their their children are and usually <laughs> we're not buttering them up because we don't have to make that up because we love them like as yeah. kids and youth workers we 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 have to love our, our our kids and youth like that that just has to be part of what we do so just inviting the parents to come in and, and share our heart and our vision they always jump on board with it because they see the fruit and they see the value um so we just invite them in if not last time last couple of times we've just done it on zoom it's just been 10 minutes of me saying this is this is what we're offering this is why i really want you to prioritize bringing your kids to youth over different lessons different clubs things like that and they think actually this this looks really good like i, I think i can trust this guy because if it's really important for them to know that they're the, the people they're handing their 11 12 year olds to are trustworthy and, and right. they know them you don't just want to drop 
drop your child off at church to someone you don't know. So just getting to know the parents and and um we, we I sit down with Emma and she gives me contact details for for the children that are coming regularly. It's not possible to catch everyone, but the ones that are coming every week, Emma will give me like a parent's number or email and I'll just take half a day out of my schedule in in August and text them and just say, Hey, really looking forward to to meeting your your son or your daughter and, and welcoming them into to our group. Um, this is what we do. This is when it's happening and where. Is there anything that I can pray for you as a family? Is there anything that you want me to know about your young person before they come up? And just just reaching out and, and making sure they know what we're doing and when. Really good. Getting them on board with the vision. Wow. That's so good. That's so good. And I like that you're hearing the parents, but I mm. I also like that element of challenge, Joe, <laughs> that you suggested there. Hey, actually, this is why you should prioritize yeah. this over... Yeah you know, that that other club that they could be doing at school or the other bazillion activities that are yeah. available to them. And that's why this, I know there's a clash, but that's why this, this is why this is important. And I, I, you know, I like that element of gentle <laughs> challenge because, you know, I know as as a parent, like, man, like Tobias, you know, my son, he's got like football three times a week and Aria, yeah. she's got like musical theatre that she goes <laughs> to. And then, you know, do you know what? There's all these things I feel like I'm running around taking the kids here, there and everywhere. You know what I mean? But actually, where's the priority mm. going to be? And if and if we have to drop something for the sake of the mm. other thing, like maybe I need a little bit of challenge from, mm. as a parent, you know, from that youth worker, from that children's worker to say, hey, this is why this is important. So I like that element too, Joe. That, that's, that's, yeah, brilliant. Anything from your point of view, Emma, as in terms of how you engage with the parents uh, in, in, to aid this transition? Um, yeah, so um, introducing Joe beforehand. Um, so before they go up, like I'll say, this is Joe, this is the youth worker. Um, and just kind of, yeah, just making them aware of who Joe is and his team. Um, but also like um, just sharing with them. So usually I create like a, um, a, a flyer or something like that that has the youth uh, times on it. So it, it will say... Great. When Joe does youth groups and um, what Sundays will look like and um, ways that they can contact Joe if they need to. And um, so just like information for them. Um, and also um, just in conversations, because I feel like we are, we've already mentioned, we're really relational here. Um, and just through like general conversations with the parents, just kind of reassuring them that we're, we're here for the child. Um, like we're here to support them with anything that they struggle with. We're here to support them and the parents. Um, and we'll do that in any way that they want to so just through general conversation and relational conversation I think uh, we do that um, but I think like when I think about it um, we are with the children and the young people like a few hours a week and the parents yeah. are with them for most of their <laughs> most of their living That's right so if anyone knows the child best it's the parent and mm. um, I think one thing that we are um we emphasize here at Elam Coventry is um, discipleship and as a whole family and, our, and, our, and through all of the generations. So one thing that we do is we do the same teaching in youth, kids and adults on a Sunday. So that oh, every cool. person um, that walks into this building walks out having been discipled in exactly the same way. Um, and I think uh, we emphasize this with the parents when they're in kids and we remind them that this doesn't change when they go to youth. Um, so just communicating that everything that you have seen in kids will be modelled in youth, but 
taken up to a new level, taken up um, to a deeper level. Um, and so everything that you have experienced in kids, you will experience in youth and more. Um, so reminding them that they are, um, they are disciples of their children mm. as, as well as us. So, yeah. I love that. That's, that's a really, really cool that the whole family are going through the same kind of teaching and input and they can talk about that around the, the dinner table. Um, I, I, yeah. I love that thought. However, Joe, I, I will ask you, because I think that's a great idea and something that, you know, even as, as, as kids and youth workers, we could be going to our senior leaders and saying, Hey, would, could we kind of get on the same teaching program as you? For, mm-hmm. But I guess my, my question would be how then Joe, do you engage in those? Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure like, there's not so much teaching about sexting or squid games going on with the adults right (laughs) but you're going to need to speak to some youth specific issues right you're going to need to talk to some things that are are relevant to the young people that aren't going to be relevant to uh their their parents so much Mm. um so have you got spaces where you can engage in some of those topics as well as kind of staying aligned with with what's going on in 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 the wider church family yeah for sure i mean the day Pastor Duncan preaches on Squid Game will be a will be a great day. But it doesn't it doesn't usually happen. I've not heard it yet. Um, but we we do have those spaces, and I, I think so. So our senior pastor Duncan he makes a preaching rotor months in advance. In fact, it's the whole year, and and he sends it around to all the teams, team leaders, and he says this is the topic for that day. And I think I saw one, it's the end of the next series, Emma, isn't it? It's, it's on like end times and hope for the future and, and resurrection. And I was thinking, let's go. Like, here, here we go. This is going to be a dense, a dense Sunday. Um, but I, I just find it really important that we don't shy away from, from those big stories. Yeah. I, I do. So I have created a bit of a distinction between what we do on a Sunday morning and what we do midweek. So just for me personally, for our youth group, the main event for us is, is midweek. So midweek is where I do a separate series from what we're doing on a Sunday. And I'll look, at, I'll look at any topics that I think are relevant or that they're talking about. So we can talk about like relationships. We can talk about cultural uh, stuff. And um, for me, that's where the community is built. Because on a Sunday, they, they're, what I'm really keen for them to do is not just be in a separate room the whole time. So they come to church with their family. They sit with them for worship. So they experience what that's like. And then they literally come out with me for 25 minutes during the talk. And then they're back in at the end. So, And that's an intentional decision because I want them to be involved in church. And I don't want church to be a one-generational thing. That's not what we're about. So, so they're in church and they only come out for the sermon. So for me, a Sunday is make sure that they know the story, make sure that there's a, a, a memory verse to, to, to remember. And it's, it's honestly just a gentle encouragement each week, learning something from the scriptures uh, and remembering the story that, that they learn. And then I really dig deep in the midweek stuff. So that's when, right. that's when we'll go a little bit deeper and we'll, it's not just here's a bible story for the week here's something a memory verse to remember it's like this is real life stuff how can we apply it and really good we spend more time just worshiping and praying as as a youth group rather than with everyone around so so yeah i I, i've created a bit of a distinction sunday is Mm. a little bit of encouragement a short bible story something to remember and then midweek for us is when we go a little bit deeper um i guess more youth relevant cultural yeah topics really good really good well guys listen this has been so helpful so many um 
inspiring thoughts and practical takeaways. Really grateful. Um, let me just ask you, if I can, maybe to to summarize some thoughts or if there's anything that you haven't said yet that you just think is really important for us to know as we try and aid this transition for, for young people from the children's ministry into the youth ministry, like what are the top, let me say, what are the top three things that we absolutely must know, must do, must implement when we're thinking about this? Emma, let me come to you first. I'm putting you right on the spot there, I know. <laughs> As in, 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 not in terms of words, but I think one of the most important things is um, treating each child as an individual as they move Very up. Good. Every mm-hmm. child will move up in a different way. Some will be confident and excited. Some will be anxious and nervous. And it's exactly what Joe said about the shepherd and like it's knowing the children, it's working with the children and loving the children um, as they move up and doing all we can and communicating with each other in, in all areas, communicating with parents, with each other as youth and kids workers and with the children. Um, and yeah just like include inclusion like including every child no matter how hard it can be um for some children we know that every child isn't um always like <laughs> it's harder sometimes with and more challenging with yeah. some but but we still want to love them jesus loves them and it's mm-hmm. our role to do everything that we can to make them included and and engaged on the transition up so yeah yeah mm-hmm. really really helpful how about you joe what are those what are those key takeaways my my summary would be like remember what you're called to do we i i sometimes just tell myself this to take the pressure off like i'm not called to be an events planner who who plans an awesome youth group i'm not called to be a motivational speaker who does an amazing ted talk three times a week i'm not because <laughs> that's just not going to happen i'm not called to be like a social media influencer who has the slickest youth instagram page out there that is not what i'm called to do all of that stuff is part of what i need to do to to move my youth ministry forward but at the end of the day i know deep down that i know that jesus has called me to be a shepherd to these young people and, and each of us will have different callings, but I know that that's what he's put in my heart. And all of the other stuff is secondary and it's part of what I do. I do plan events. I do write talks. I do run a social media page. But the main thing is that I'm a shepherd and I need to know my sheep and I need to love them, need to prepare the ground for them. I need to guide them, I need to make sure that they're known by their name and by their story as well. Mm. Uh, so just remember what you're called to do. Don't get caught up in all the, the hassle and the, and the hectic, like, chaos of it all joe those are wise uh, and inspiring words uh, upon which we can finish so emma joe thanks so much guys really appreciated your wisdom today on the limitless leisure podcast we loved it keep going guys everyone's doing a great job <laughs> absolutely yeah and to everybody who's listening wow what what great words to finish this podcast on remember what you're called to do and please remember that what you are called to do is important like what what are we going to give our lives to that's that's more important than shepherding those young people as joe as joe said and then 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 making disciples of of this generation i i can't think of a single thing so wherever you are in that journey right now 
whether you've got a few young people getting together in a living room or, or 60 people crowded into a room, please know that what you're doing is important and the smile of God is over your life today. So keep going. Don't give up. You're serving Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you so much uh, for listening to this episode of the Limitless Leadership Podcast. And if this has been a conversation that's helpful to you and you think, hey, this, this would be helpful to another leader that I know, then please do feel free to share it with them. You can uh, rate and review on your podcast provider. You can share it on your socials, which helps it to get into the ears of the leaders whom it will help. Uh, But we're grateful to you for all that you do. And we will see you next time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast.